Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. From CNN Audio, this is The Assignment. I'm Audie Cornish. Now, as we're recording this, President Biden is on his way to Israel, a country that was founded when he was around six years old. Like many Americans of his age, he's lived almost his whole life unequivocally supporting Israel against all enemies. The United States has Israel's back. We'll make sure the Jewish and democratic state of Israel can defend itself today, tomorrow, as we always have. But that kind of support wavers among younger generations. Now, you're probably seeing that split play out on the news, on your social media feeds, on campuses, on the streets. To understand the how and when of this split, I wanted to get some perspective from Harry Enten here at CNN. He's the senior data reporter, and we've been talking about how to think about these conflicting U.S. views. Hey there, Harry. Shalom. So, first of all, there's new polling. (laughs) So, in the time since you and I said, hey, maybe we should talk about this more polling came out. Give us a baseline. Yeah, I mean, look, there's new polling from CNN. There's new polling from Fox News. And I think the number one thing you should take away from that new polling is more Americans sympathize, if you want to use that word, and that's what some of the polling uses, with the Israeli point of view than the uh, Palestinian point of view. So, for example, we had a new CNN poll which said, how much sympathy do you feel for the Israeli people? 71% of Americans said a lot. Compare that in the current situation. How much sympathy do you feel for the Palestinian people? Just 41% of Americans said a lot. It's interesting that those polls ask specifically about how you feel about the people, not the government or in the case of Hamas, like a, a terrorist group kind of that is the de facto government. Is that typical? It is typical when it comes to this type of polling. When it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, or the Middle East conflicts in general that Israel is involved in, they typically and often do ask about the people. That's not always the case. Sometimes they'll ask about the government. Sometimes they'll ask about the government leaders. Uh, Pew Research has done that, for example, and oftentimes finds that perhaps the sympathies for the people is greater than the sympathies for the elected leaders. So let's get into the demographics of this, because I think that's where we can untangle kind of this messiness that we see online. What do we mean when we say generational divide? How old, how young, et cetera? You could literally say that you have a straight line, right, which is what our CNN polling essentially showed. Every age bucket you jump up, 18 to 29, 18 to 34, then get, you know, 35 to, you know, 50 and then go 50 to 64 and then 65 plus, you will literally see as you go each successive generation, more and more sympathy for the Israeli point of view. The way I sort of see it, generally speaking, when we've asked this question, uh, do you have more sympathy for the Israeli people or the Palestinian people or the Israeli side of the conflict versus the Palestinian side of the conflict? It's really when we say younger people, it's really those under the age of 35, those under the age of 30, where you really do see near even, if not you know, more support for the Palestinians than you do see for the Israelis. 
So under 30. Under 30. And what's the racial breakdown of that? Obviously, in this country, what we know is the younger we get, the more diverse we get. And perhaps it's not surprising as well. What we also see in the polling is that amongst African-Americans, among Hispanics, although we have more limited polling on that, there's more sympathy towards the Palestinians than we do see among white Americans. So those we sort of see those tethers. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to unlock there what's exactly going on. But we do know even, you know, when we break it down, say, by partisanship, the younger you go down, the more sympathy you see for the Palestinians than you do see in the older age groups. So this is why we're seeing politicians across the spectrum, I would say, struggle a little bit, right, as they try to appeal to various kinds of voters, right, depending on who their base is, especially on the Democrat side. Especially on the Democratic side. And more than that, I think part of the reason you see struggling is because the ground is kind of shifting beneath them, right? We're in a new conflict, a part of the same old conflict, but a new conflict now uh, since the uh, terrorist attacks in Israel a few weeks ago, and then obviously Israel's response. What we've seen is that sympathy for the Israeli point of view has stayed relatively stable among Republicans, and it's very, very high. Among Democrats, what we've seen is that the sympathies for the Israelis has gone up considerably. And we've seen that in Fox News polling specifically. So, you know, if you were to look at the Fox News polling now, for example, what we see is that when you match up Israelis versus Palestinians, you know, who do you have more sympathy for? 59 percent of Democrats say they have more sympathy for the Israelis now. And if you compare that back to where we were in 2021, it was just 42 percent of Democrats say they had more sympathy for the Israelis compared to the Palestinians. So we've seen the ground move and very I'm, rapidly, very right? rapidly, like, obviously given the actions of Hamas, right, using terrorism, using civilians to kick off this action against Israel. And in in the news, uh, using terms like this is Israel's 9-11, you're sort of keying into some something deep, I feel like, in the American psyche about who to be on the side of. Yeah, and I think the action, I mean, look, one of the other poll questions I think is kind of important to sort of point out is that, you know, we in the news industry are deeply involved in this, right? You know, some of my friends who, not surprisingly, I tend to be friendly more with news junkies than not, are really watching this really, really closely, right? We, we have our viewpoints sort of nailed down. We know the way that we feel. But in fact, you know, just 26% of Americans are following this news very closely of the conflict. Wait, what? Say that again. 26% of Americans are very closely following news about fighting between Israel and Hamas. Just 26%. Ah, this actually is helpful because I was talking to a friend saying, hey, what should we cover? Like, how should the assignment approach this? And he said, you know, someone said to me, whose side are we on? Like they did, they weren't even totally clear. And that was, like, stunning to me. It's exactly right. And, you know, and this— I mean, officially, President Biden came out and said, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Who's, whose side the U.S. is on? So there is an official stance, we should say. But culturally, internally, I think people are struggling with all the divisions they're encountering in their own lives and in popular culture. A- absolutely right. And I think that's part of the reason you've seen the democratic shift, right, is you take your notes from the leader. There are very few issues— 
in America in which we have, you know, sort of this is the way you're supposed to believe in, right? Uh, pe- yeah, you know. or if we do, they are at the very kernel of our culture wars, right? The kind of a moral stance on any given topic. That's exactly right. And even those, you know, like abortion, for example, there are many, you know, people who represent the quote-unquote pro-choice side of the equation and still will vote for politicians who represent the quote-unquote pro-life side of the equation. We've seen that in a number of states. So, you know, issues sometimes and how we view those and how deeply we're involved, Americans are far more willing to move on a number of issues if their party moves or their party leadership moves than I think are often given credit for. I want to talk about one more thing before the break, because with this kind of shift happening, the people who seem kind of caught in it were students. So all of these campus groups, most famously Harvard, the coalition of student groups there that came out with this letter, and specifically the part I think that got them in the most trouble is they were saying they hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all unfolding violence. Now, the backlash against these students has been immense. This has made national news in the U.S., and I don't think it's an accident that, like, the generation we're hearing the most from is also a little bit older in terms of that backlash, right? I, I think that makes a lot of sense given, you know, where we know the age divide generally is. Like the hedge fund manager, Bill Ackman, leading a group of CEOs saying, look, we want to blacklist any kid who signed on to this letter. Larry Summers, I think, speaking out against Harvard itself. And Len Wexner, the founder of Victoria's Secret, which... Not exactly on the cutting edge of politics, as far as I know, (laughs) has basically pulled support from Harvard saying the school's been tiptoeing around the issue of Hamas attacks. I want to give you this age breakdown because, you know, we don't have it among students because it's just so, you know, that's such a small crosstab. And you can't trying to poll students. Right, right. We, We would need to really get in there. But I think this really gets at sort of the age divide more than anything else. And this is from that Fox News poll I mentioned. In the Middle East conflict, do you side more with the Israelis or more with the Palestinians? Among those under the age of 35, and this is most recent, even with the recent bump in support for the Israeli cause, 49% say the Israelis under the age of 35 compared to 34% who say the Palestinians. So there's a lot of support for the Palestinians in there. Compare that to those over the age of 65. It's 82% to 5%. 82 to 5. 5. One, two, three, four, five. You can count it on your hand. There is a massive age divide here, and it really goes across parties as well, whereby older Democrats um, are far more sympathetic to the Israeli side of the equation than younger Democrats are. And even even true among Republicans as well, although the curve isn't quite, quite nearly as there. One little last nugget I'll just sort of uh, point out to you. Um, which is, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation in the current situation, how much sympathy do you feel for the Israeli people? While 71% of Americans say a lot, there's an additional 25% who say some. So a lot or some tallies up to 96%. So there are very few, very few Americans who have no sympathy at all for the Israeli side of the equation. So I think- Which is important to say, I think if you turn on the news, there's this sense because of the rallies that have been happening and because of those are happening in major cities, that the public sentiment and groundswell of support for Palestinians that's somehow overtaking the conversation about the conflict in general. Yeah. The, the way I would almost put it in this country is at least at this point, there are very few people 
who hold no sympathy at all for the Israeli people. So when you when you see, you know, certain statements being made that are really, 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 really harsh towards Israel, that represents a very minor part of the population. I'm talking with CNN's Harry Enten. He's our senior data reporter. We'll be back in a minute. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is The Assignment. I'm Audie Cornish here with CNN's senior data reporter, Harry Enten. We've been talking a lot about generational views among Americans when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, including some polling that was released this week by CNN. I want to get into a little bit of the why you think that is. And this is where it comes to perspective. You heard me at the top saying that Biden was just a kid when Israel even came into being, right? His whole life is framed as like Israel fighting for its ability to exist. And I was thinking about how for Democrats and the left, if you think about, say, 2006 coming out of the George W. Bush years, you have Democrats rising up in a more of an anti-war stance than they started out. I would think that means for a generation, this conversation is framed by U.S. overreach in the region, concerns about Islamophobia, like all of those kind of political movements that have risen in the last few years and and gained steam. But you should tell me tell me that thesis is wrong. Uh, No, I think it's part of it. You know, you know, it's so funny. I sometimes have conversations with people and, you know, I sometimes say that I'm really good at telling you the what. Not necessarily as good at telling you the why, and the why is important here, but it's oftentimes more difficult to distill. Uh, I I do think part of it is what was coming out of the George W. Bush era, this sort of walking away from anything he saw. I had to say the opposite. We've seen that a lot with Donald Trump, right? Whatever he says, I say the opposite. But I also think what has happened in the last 10 to 15 years, we've become a social media nation, a social media world, and the viewpoints that we might not have heard before we now all of a sudden hear a lot more of. We see a lot of videos. And, you know, there was obviously another portion of the long-standing sort of Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Israel and Gaza back in 2014. And there are a lot of people who believe that the videos that were coming out of the ground back then really made a difference, especially among the younger generations. In terms of them having a more visceral understanding of what happens when policy is put into practice, like the realities of a wartime position. Correct. The realities of a wartime position, the realities of perhaps being more sympathetic towards the Palestinians, um, because now all of a sudden you see videos coming from Gaza and maybe saying, hey, I'm not sure I necessarily 
see what I've been told previously. Yeah, and it's such an ugly, ugly way to evoke sympathy, meaning I don't want to have to rely on seeing Hamas videos harming hostages any more than I want to see videos of buildings collapse on children and civilians. Like, I don't... I don't want that to be what my moral judgment rests on, which is like clicks. Correct. I don't think anyone, you know, I said in our first segment, you know, there's this question, you know, Fox News has asked and Gallup has asked the longstanding question, essentially, who do you sympathize with more, Israelis or the Palestinians? There are reasons to like that question. One reason I don't actually like that question is because I think it's possible to sympathize with both sides of the equation. I think it's something that a lot of Americans do. Uh, there are plenty of Americans who, you know, hold sympathy with both sides. And I think that's perhaps the biggest change that we've seen in the uh, past few decades. It's not necessarily, you know, yes, we have seen some decline in the standing of Israel among the American public. But what we've really seen is more of a rise in the sympathies for the Palestinian people. We talk a lot on the show about objectivity um, as journalists and sort of how our perspective informs things. And... You had said um, when we reached out to you that you had like a high school teacher who helped you think about this more. Is that true? The way I would put it is sort of introduced me to new viewpoints. I'm not necessarily sure I agreed with his viewpoints, but certainly someone who helped me see new viewpoints. So this is guy, Joel Dorfler, who actually just passed away. Uh, Joel Dorfler was a guy who, you know, Jewish as they come, but if I recall correctly, wrote his college thesis or tried to write a college thesis on the American labor movement, 1935 to 1937 at Brandeis. This is the type of guy that he was. And he taught a class on, you know, the Israeli-Arab conflict. And I think they called it the Israeli-Arab conflict back then, which is such a difference from now where a lot of the questions are Israelis versus Palestinians. And I think that's part of the reason why perhaps we've seen some more sympathy towards the Palestinians is that it used to be Israel versus the Arab world, and now it's Israel versus just one. Other countries, other states, a sort of war between states, whereas the other kind of question is like a state against a people. Right, exactly. And Israel used to be the underdog. But he basically was much more sympathetic towards the Palestinians than a lot of people before him that I had encountered. And he's somebody who tried to teach a course on it. And if you go back, you can look... Um, In the last 10 years, basically, Joel decided to leave Riverdale. Uh, It seemed to be in large part because that course essentially got shut down because a lot of the parents at Riverdale, which is where I went. uh, This is in New York? This is in New York. It's a prep school. I would call it an elitist prep school up on the hill, up in Riverdale. Okay, take it down. Um, and essentially, the parents thought that he was bringing an anti-Israeli point of view. I'll, I'll leave it up to other folks to determine whether he was or wasn't. But that is something that we have seen. And that's why I wasn't at all surprised at sort of the reaction that a lot of the donors have had towards some of the college campuses, most recently, especially those, what I would say, were elite colleges, yeah. Pennsylvania, Harvard, et cetera. It does feel like you're not supposed to somehow sympathize with one civilian versus another civilian. Like, I feel like every time I hear pundits have this conversation or anyone from the region, it sounds a little like, I can't believe such and such has happened. This is barbaric. And then someone else says, but 
all the other things happening leading up to this were barbaric. And then the other person says, well, why can't you just comment on this one thing that happened and admit like and it just goes back and forth. And you're trying to do like a hierarchy of pain and trying to have like a political conversation about that. Life's complicated. You're smiling. Are you laughing or smiling? I, I, Do I I'm, look I'm, helpless? I, I, I'm laughing because it's a good question. I'm laughing because life is complicated. Life is complicated. You know, poll questions are guides. They're tools. They give us some understanding of where people stand. In a moment. In a moment. And then you try and put together and create a timeline. But they're not everything. I know very few people who don't have at least a little sympathy for anyone who is an innocent civilian who is killed. I think that those who do are very much on the edges of the conversation. That's not to say people don't have strong points of views. That's not to say that someone like Joe Biden clearly is behind Israel and clearly believes that they are within their right to reasonably react to what happened a little less than two weeks ago. But even he has clear sympathy for innocent civilians in Gaza. And we're, at, we're being asked to draw a line somehow, an official line f- that would uh, determine what reasonable is. Right. And that will differ between different people, right? And I certainly, you know, hold my points of view on that. And other people hold their points of view on it. But I think at the end of the day, the reason, you know, I was smiling when you ask that question is because it's such a reasonable question and many people somehow make people feel that some questions are unreasonable when I think they're perfectly reasonable. Harry Enton is senior data reporter for CNN. He'll be back on the show sometime soon. Harry, thank you. Uh, My pleasure. And I hope it's on a topic that perhaps brings more smiles to faces. Me too. Me too. We're going to have some of the polling that he talked about here in our show notes. And that's it for today. New episodes of The Assignment drop every Tuesday and Thursday. Remember, if you have an assignment for us, we want you to give us a call and tell us what's on your mind. We actually have a number for this, 202-854-8802. We might even use your voicemail in a future episode of the show. This episode of The Assignment, a production of CNN Audio, was produced by Anna Sterla and Dan Bloom. Matt Martinez is the senior producer of our show. Our technical director is Dan DeZula. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Special thanks, of course, to Katie Hinman and to you for listening. I'm Audie Cornish. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.